after a lifetime of creating art, Paul Lorenz puts himself out there in a more bold way than ever before. As a result of the pandemic, Paul's art took a 180-degree turn when he decided to exhibit very provocative images of himself at age 60. He went from painting to self-photography that would include a long period of deep reflection. If you struggle with putting yourself out into the world, Paul's inspiring story may be just what you need to hear. Stay tuned. Paul is a full-time interdisciplinary artist. Hello, Paul Lorenz, and welcome to the Authentic Gay Man podcast. I'm really excited to have you here today. Well, thank you, Coach Maddox. I'm actually really happy to be here, too. It's uh, really an honor to be asked to be part of your podcast. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. I really appreciate that. Well, just so the listeners know, um, the way Paul and I met, if if I remember correctly, is um, I posted the podcast in LinkedIn, and I believe you saw the post, you saw the podcast, and maybe commented or exactly uh, so, somehow we got connected. I don't remember exactly how that happened, but we did connect uh, on LinkedIn, and then. One of us reached out to the other one, and I'm not sure which one did that either. Honestly, I don't know either. Um, but yeah, we started a nice conversation, and one thing led to another, and, and now I'm on your podcast. Which yeah, is yeah, very we, cool. We we did have a um, maybe three or four weeks ago. We had a Zoom that was just a get acquainted Zoom that probably lasted maybe an hour or a little bit longer. Had an absolutely amazing conversation. Yeah, it was good. And so here we are now, and uh, Paul is a guest. So yes. um, Paul is a interdisciplinary artist. Oh, I said it right. That's a mouthful. <laughs> yes, yes, my art career has been a very circuitous road from architecture. Well, even before that, from learning playing the piano to architecture, to painting, to going back to music. It, all of these things kind of have been interwoven and I kind of play between each of these medias and genres and combine them. Well, and I understand you're working on an exhibition coming soon in Mexico city. Um, yes. Very, uh, surprising and and very uh, kind of quick. It's a photography exhibition. It opens April 2nd. And uh, photography has been a very big thing since um, the COVID lockdown and, and just being at home without having a studio to paint in, um, not being able to really socialize with other people. So I've been looking at photographs, old photographs, taking new photographs, and it's led me in a very different direction than I anticipated, but a really good direction. And it's just opened up a lot of questions and a lot of, um, you know, looking at yourself. Photography is about, is about imagery. And that's something I've always taken photos, but I've never shared them, you know. Well, and, and just so the listener knows, I've gotten the privilege of seeing a few of your photographs, and um, they're very interesting. I like your work. Well, thank you. And it's, and it's been, I felt very much honored that you shared those with me before the actual exhibit. So, well, mo moving right along, um, before we jump into our conversation for the day, I want to ask... Paul, how would you define what it means to be an authentic gay man? That's a very, you know, I think it's a really complicated question because authenticity is something that comes with life and time and experiences. And, uh, you know, my life, how it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago is different than it was 20 years ago and is definitely different than it is now. And I think just as getting, you get older, um, you have a little more, you have much more confidence and you can 
be who you want to be, be who you are and revel in that rather than um, trying to figure things out. So that's kind of where I'm at with this is that you're, you, you have the confidence, you have the, the, the maturity, just be who you are. You know, I love everything you're saying. And there's one thing that's really sticking out for me. And that is be who you want to be. I think sometimes we don't really realize that we're at choice. We get to be anybody we want to be, and we get to show up in life any way we want to show up. We get to choose. Exactly. Huge. And that's something when you're younger, you don't always understand that. You know, you you want to fit in and you want to you want to fit in and find your place. And that's a whole other world of discovery. But once you you're older and you get it, it's like I can be who I am, I can be anybody I want. The world's a big place. And you pick your paths, you you find your routes. I love the way you articulated that. Beautiful. Thank you. So let's get to our big question for the day, which is, what has been your biggest challenge in life that you're either, have you gotten through or you're continuing to work through? That is a really good question because it's something, being an artist, being creative, and also being mature, I just turned 60 years old this year. Um. Life changes, life evolves. The COVID pandemic has changed a lot of things. So it's, you know, the biggest challenge is just trying to stay relevant, trying to find, um, you know, my place in a world that I've, I thought I knew my place and um, things have evolved, things have changed, thing, you have to move on and you know, as I just said, it's like, you know, you, you pick your paths and I'm picking new paths and it's a little scary. It's a little, uh, a little nerve wracking sometimes, but then, you know, as I just said, also you're mature, you own it and you move forward. I, I love the way you worded that staying relevant. So when you comment when you said that staying relevant were you talking about staying relevant as a human being or staying relevant as an artist or d all of the above i think all of the above uh, especially you know we live in a very we live in a very youth centered culture and we see that in advertising we see that in a lot of things and um life is cyclical and I just see it in my life. You, I'm as an artist. I'm not the, I'm not the flavor of the month any longer. You know, as I was maybe 15 years ago, I'm not now. So you have to keep yourself in the public, but it's different. And managing that has become. Uh, part of you know my art now part of is part of just being so it's it's interesting right now it's it's an interesting time much interesting in a different way than it was 15 years ago than it was 30 years ago oh it's different than it was two years ago (laughs) definitely definitely I do love the way you worded that staying relevant. And that's not something I've ever really spent any brain power thinking about. Nobody's ever asked me that question. So in that moment, when you said that my brain immediately went to, you know, so how are, what are you, what are you doing? How are you staying relevant? And I wasn't thinking as much professionally as I was personally is what came up for me first. I was kind of thinking, well, how do you stay relevant when we live in this youth oriented world, which I, you know, I'm, I guess I I think for my chronological age, I'm pretty youthful, but that's a whole different story. That's. (laughs) Yes. I feel the same way. I'm youthful, but, but there's a reality about that also. And, and what intuitively came up for me as soon as I asked myself that question was how I stay relevant is I take an interest in what those younger people are doing. I show interest. I ask questions. 
And I'm continually learning, you know, exactly. the, the stuff that the young people are are learning. I'm I'm continually trying to keep up with the latest technology. I'm trying to keep up with the latest way we express ourselves. I mean, in this country, we're very big on slang. You know, when you stop and think about how much of our dialogue, how much of our communication is not proper English, and it changes on a dime. And exactly. Uh, so I try to keep up with that to some degree. All the, you know, as a as a gay man, now I'm really really working to keep up with how everything's changing in the way of sexuality and gender. And there's this fluidity thing and there's things that weren't even present through most of my life or, or just suddenly on the horizon. And we've got pronouns and we've got all these terms and I'm, and it's exactly there. It's, it's a whole new world. It's a very different world. It's a very different world, but that's what came up for me. So yeah. tell us, let, let's dive into your challenge. Well, it's, you know, as an, as an artist, you, you're finding your expression, you're finding your way of doing things. And um, for me personally, that has taken um, me in numerous directions. Though there is a, a thread of logic that runs through everything I do, um, it, it pulls me in different directions, which has been my entire life and career and and all those complexities of being a creative, being a gay man, being from the United States. Um, you know, there's all these little facets of things. So I thought everything was moving really well until, you know, continuing to move well. Um, but the, the COVID pandemic, the lockdown, all these things brought everything to a screeching halt. And that really made me kind of rethink and reflect, looking back on things. And um, that's why the you know, photography was never something that was in my wheelhouse of things I would exhibit or anything. My photographs were always, you know, travel photographs, family events. Um, but probably, I don't know, 10 years ago, I started a very sporadic self-portrait series of photographs just for fun. I had a great studio in Kentucky where I was living and it was just fun taking photos of myself with the set up the tripod and, and that was that. They just went into a file. But then suddenly with COVID, I'm in the studio and I'm reflecting on these, these photos. And it's a, you know, a side of my life that I never really shared. And it just seemed, now's the time. Now's the time to bring these photos out and continue with this road of using myself as the subject and bringing them into um, the work. And that's something that's coming up with the show in, in Mexico City. The, the whole basis of the work is paralleling private imagery with my public work. Private being the photographs, public being paintings, handmade work, which is paintings that I do with my hand versus machine-made work, which is things that come from a camera. And it's finally like both sides of my being, the public persona with the private persona are coming together, which well, is Paul, a little as, nervous about that. <laughs> well, I, that's what I was just about to ask, you know, is this going to be the first time that these personal images, these images of you are going to be exhibited? Yes. Yeah. It's the first time. And uh, it's taken a little bit of, of editing and defining what this is. Um, but me and the, the curator and the director of the, the gallery, we've spent some time um, kind of honing this 
um, so that it's uh, it's really you know they're they're marvelous and you know the gallery is a queer gallery and the, so I want that to be shown but not necessarily explicitly though I'm not you know, not opposed to doing explicit things it's it's for this show it's more about the placement of hands and it's just it's a very subtle but very provocative series of images you you just took the words right out of my mouth i mean you've shown me some of the images and they're not explicit at all but there is certainly a subtle provocativeness to them well our hands are the they're the receivers of touch and they're the givers so our 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 hands offer a lot and when that becomes the focus it becomes kind of universal how we all we all have these these fingers and things and how we we use them so it's it's interesting and that's something i you know a couple of months ago i was not on that trajectory at all but working with the gallery and working with other artists uh, you know it just kind of became this focus well and art takes on a life of its own Certainly. And that's always the way it's been. I never passed work. I never put myself into it. So obviously, um, I wanted people to know my work by a brush mark or a choice of colors, not me physically. Now they're going to know your work by, you know, the shape of your thumb. I know. It's... So (laughs) I'm I'm kind of hearing some of the external challenge, you know, in the the changes with that COVID brought um, take us into some of the internal aspects of that challenge. Well, you know, it's these things have to happen in when you're ready and willing, and yet you, you know, letting these personal images out um, takes us some time and some thought. And you have to be on one hand ready to show the work, but then you also have to take some risks also. Like who do you want to, who am I wanting to see this? And it's taken me a while to, you know, kind of let more and more people in. I, I Now it's, I'm feeling comfortable that, yeah, everybody can look at this now. Everybody can see these images and I'm, I'm fine with it. And that's, you know, just the nature of being, you know, authentic or just growing or, you know, we're all in a unique timeline and it just, you keep putting yourself out there until it feels right and you feel comfortable. So I'm feeling comfortable. What was the hesitation? Well, it's just, it's not something, you know, that I ever showed before. So there's, it's, it's all new and people are, have been very supportive and very, very supportive about being more vulnerable. You know, it's not like I'm, uh, you know, in the gym every day, you know, 25 years old. It's like, no, I'm, I've got this old man body and there's just something cool about being honest about that and showing and being part of it. I'm part of a big um, online exhibition with this group in out of Barcelona, um, CU 46, which they're completely um, involved with, um, um, imagery that and sexuality and and so it's interesting to have that show going on online now also simultaneously so it's like just suddenly like just like letting all this imagery out there which is kind of it's fun once you just own it it's like okay i'm in it let's do it now the images i've seen were like various parts of of your body like a hand or um nothing that i saw included your face do some of the images include your face um yeah some of them do um i'm still in the process of figuring out which ones 
how I want all of this to be shown, but there, there is some that have my face, which is kind of cool. Um, it, it's, there's a lot of digesting. There's a lot, there's a lot of imagery. So you, I'm trying to create a logic through it. So, but there is some that shows face shows, you know, a lot. Well, and as you thought about and then decided to put images of yourself in your art, put yourself out there in that manner, what did you have to overcome to be able to do that? You know, like I I can think about varying different things that I've done in my life where there were all these tapes running and all kinds of limiting beliefs and things. I can remember what I had to march through just in order to pierce my ears. This was many years ago. Then I can remember a point where, which was only about five years ago, I had to really work through some some shit. I mean, a bunch of shit to be able to get my first tattoo. I mean, I my, my listeners know I'm 65 and I got my first tattoo at 60 and it was a big friggin' deal. I had to march <laughs> through a whole, I had to work through a whole bunch of like garbage inside of me, overcome a bunch of stuff to get to the point where I could put my arm out there and let them start to do a tattoo on it. Sure. What did you have to overcome in order to do this? Just not hiding behind paint, not hiding behind art, but really putting myself into it. And that's a huge step. That's a, uh, I guess, something I was on one level kind of avoiding. Um, And it's interesting because now I look at a lot of older work, especially paintings that really painting was what I was known for. And now that all seems just very decorative and very pretty and very safe and doesn't interest me as much. So it's really that it's like turning a corner where you actually put yourself into the work. You're just not creating something, but you're putting part of yourself out there with it. And once that door is open, it's, you can't ever step back. I mean, this is really, you know, a new direction. And yeah. though I still paint, and now my paintings have become more private. I don't really show them because they're more for me, like the photos were. But now the photography is really just like adding myself has become more necessary, at least in my mind. So we'll see how things go with an exhibition and see response has been good. I mean, I've had a lot of things published that I'm, my image is part of and response has been good. So that's always getting that positive feedback is nice to reinforce that you're doing something right. So. Yes, absolutely. We always really love that part. (laughs) I certainly have experienced that in the launching of this podcast as I've gotten positive feedback. It's been very affirming. So I get it completely. So this big challenge that you've gone through with the art and and the transition, the, the pandemic played a big role in it. And there's just been a complete 360 degree turnaround of the way you're approaching your art. And the challenge of that. Does that relate in any way to other challenges that you've had in your life? Is there a connection there to other other things? Well, there, there are moments. This has actually happened twice in my entire life. And this has happened over the past just like five, six years where I kind of reevaluate what's going on. And I have to create a timeline like to go back. Like, where did all of this kind of start? Like this idea of of just like getting the spark to do a self-portrait and that little, you know, exhibitionist side of me. And you start looking back in time and it's like, I've always 
been very social. I've always been the more kind of public, even when I was just a little kid. And how that, then that leads to going back to thinking of yourself, like, when did you realize you were gay? And then how all there's all these little links that come together that lead you to where you are now. And uh, I, it's interesting to, to go back and see how all these little subtle things led forward. And it's, I think it's important to sometimes take that step back to actually do a timeline and see how did I get to here by looking back to what led me to here. So that's, that's interesting. I'm, I'm very curious about that. You use the word exhibitionist and I, I know that's a real thing, you know, throughout my life, I have met many exhibitionists and there have been times when I have been aware of that inside myself in very, very mild forms. Um, and I think that we, we all maybe have a little bit of that because once again, it's about being seen. We, we all have this innate need to be seen and that falls into that category. So I would love to know more about how you experience that desire to be, you know, to, to be an exhibitionist and, and how that, where, where that came from or how that started at what point in your life, if you can unpack that, I think this is a very curious topic that I know little about and would love to love to just, um, be a fly on the wall in your journey with that? Well, it's, it's not anything that suddenly you realize. Well, on one level, yes, there comes this point where you do realize that you like being in the spotlight. You like being seen and you like that. And that, you know, you, you know, you let paintings, you let the gallery experience, you let that very, um, overt public um, situation kind of wrap around you. But it's different when you're just alone, like in a studio with your camera and, and you want to explore yourself and you, you know, you give yourself the time you give yourself for me that, you know, giving time for things like that is, is kind of a luxury. And, and, you run with it and you enjoy it. And there's something really positive about it. Even though, you know, you know, going back decades, that wasn't something that you talked about or did or, or anything. So um, years and years ago when I was young, Christmas, I got a, uh, a light box and it was for, tracing things. It was my favorite gift I got at the time. I don't know. I had to be like, I don't know, seven, eight years old, maybe older. And it it came with all of these templates that you could trace. And um, there were people and I was always like drawing women in clothes. And only once did I draw a man and that it was an interesting moment because it suddenly made me aware uh, of maleness. And I think that ties into like photography, self-photography is like being aware of my maleness in this. And then now putting that into an exhibition just kind of magnifies my identity as from that private to public, which um, it's taken me a long, you know, a long time just because of my age and the era growing up where you don't talk about these things to now where everybody's talking about these things. And maybe the younger generations now have helped open that door. Um, well, but yeah, it's been a slow process of discovering my maleness and all of this. Yes, I can see that. 
and and exhibitionism has become mainstream. I mean, you can't go into social media without seeing. People oh, exactly. Like exactly. I'm I'm having the awareness as you're talking. I'm listening, and I'm having the awareness that, and I did never realized this until right now. But when you say the word exhibitionist, my mind immediately goes to um nudity or or lewdness or public sex or i am in this moment realizing exhibitionists could cover a lot of territory it does many forms of exhibitionism that has nothing to do with lewdness or nudity or or sex but that's where because most of the time when somebody said oh i'm an exhibitionist that's what they meant. I can look back and see that they were, you know, parading around in in next to nothing at a at a gay pride parade or um or Halloween. Well, oh my gosh, you know, look exactly. at what gay men do on Halloween. The, the the costume will if the weather permits, the costume will be the scantiliest created thing that you can possibly create. Yeah, barely covering the parts to keep them from getting arrested for public lewdness. Exactly. And that's part of it, too. I mean, everything has a nothing is just black and white. There's a gray spectrum. And there's yeah, there's so there's like anything, how you come to it is your way and you find your place on it. So and all of that is part of it. But there there's more there's personally there was more it's like um the music side of me like playing on stage being in public like that um is a form of exhibitionism also and how you carry yourself in that is part of it and because i said the same thing when i was in grad school for uh, music composition one of my uh advisors i said i was an exhibitionist and she immediately went to the whole you know like nudity and things and it's like that's not the road i was talking about but there's a facet of that in this so well yes i i mean none of your photos that i've seen all were there was i haven't seen any full frontal nudity i i haven't seen anything that remotely looked like any kind of sexual thing but I could tell from some of the photos that you, in fact, were naked. Mm-hmm. And um, so un- unpack for me, I, I want to understand, I guess, the the draw to that or or what's the 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 desire to self-express in that way. Um, I'm, I'm just curious. Well, I'll- there are definitely more explicit, explicit images, um, but I share those um, with different circumstances, with different opportunities. I mean, there, there's a an annual exhibition in uh, with a gallery in Canada, and it's called um, "Exposed and Not Afraid" or something. So I've been in that exhibition twice, and those images are are more explicit because that is a forum for it. I don't want to uh, push things where they're not accepted or, or, you know, I direct things the way I want them to. You know, for the show in Mexico City, I definitely, you know, over showed more explicit things and it was like yeah we're not going down that road and it turned out they weren't as strong or as interesting as the hand images so you find your you know it's a winding road as to where you want to bring yourself and you know showing work is one thing making the work is a whole other thing so it's for me it's just it's fun it's a fun challenge like I said, it's like I, I I'm not a gym person or anything, so this is definitely you know old man territory. So it's like finding ways to make thing you know make myself feel right, look right, be right with how I want to show these things. So it's just it's it's a fun challenge, 
just like all the work is a fun challenge in a way, but this is just a, you know, bringing myself into it is just another facet of how and why. And why is basically because it's just fun. It's fun. Do you believe that your art has played a role in your evolution as an authentic man? Oh, certainly, certainly. It's there's always these elements of self-reflection. Um, like in all of my statements, my, the first sentence is my work is my autobiography. So all of life, all of my life ha- is involved in this somehow. Um, so yeah, I reflect, I reflect on some things and then, you know, learn from it, move on, learn from it and move forward, keep moving forward, but you can't forget your past or, or who, how, and why you got where you are. It's good to reflect on these things and, um, grow with it. And again, that goes into the staying relevant. You have to grow. You have to question things. You don't want to be, you know, a piece of history while you're still alive. You want to be making history as you're going along. So would you say that art for you is perhaps similar to journaling for another person? That reflection that you talked about? Um, Yeah, I, I guess. I've never really thought about it that way. Um. But yeah, I've told people like on my uh, my blog, I try to post things, new work daily, or do post something. And I've told people, it's like, if you want to see the growth of things, just scroll back through that because, you know, all of the history is there. You can see how things evolve and you can see where there were turning points. And But you have to, you have to dig some to, you have to really be interested if, to to go back into those there's, kinds of things but yeah actual, it is kind of a journal yeah um, there's there's an actual chronology going on there completely completely i wow. kind of like that yeah that's cool well i've known other people that rather than wrote written and writing in a journal they would draw or or create something some kind of craft or art or um and it brought them a sense of being grounded in peace the way journaling does for some people, the way prayer does for others. We, we all have our way of, of getting to that space. Um, I don't know that I would have ever thought of it like that, but that's certainly as you talk now and, and explain it, that was where my mind went, wow, this must be something kind of like journaling. Yeah, now that you said that, it definitely, it is. It's, well, art is very sensitive. So it really captures where you are mentally, physically, emotionally at a given time. And um, photography has always been very freeing because it's a photograph. And you can take lots of them, especially with a digital camera. You can just take, you can really be free with things. Painting, not so much. Painting, it takes much more time and it's a, a very different challenge. And then exploring music is also a very slow process for me. So though all of these things seem very disjointed, there's a thread of logic that runs through all of them. And when you look at them chronologically, um, you can start seeing the, the, the connections between them. And then now bringing myself into it, that's a very, you know, it's like another bit of information that hopefully makes sense. If not, it, not, that's okay well, too. Yeah. Art doesn't always make sense. <laughs> this is very true. Oftentimes not. So this particular challenge, as you have described it, where would you say, I mean, life is a challenge and, and, and art is a challenge. So I'm, I'm not suggesting that up oh, challenge done, but I'm talking about this particular challenge that you've described that has kind of come about through the pandemic and all, all of the d- direction and the change. 
where would you say you are in that challenge? Do you feel like you've made it over the, the, that turning point, that hump, or are you still in the thick of it? Where, where would you say you are? Well, on one hand, I think I am over the hump of it because the work is, is out there and it's being seen and I'm feeling good about it. But it's also, I'm still curious about it. I'm still curious as to my development with it and where I, I go with it. And I don't, I don't necessarily have like a master plan of things. It's like, I can't answer the question until the question, you know, gets into my head and that takes time. So I keep working and new questions come up and new answers have to be found. And the answers is, is the making of the imagery. It's the, how far I want to push myself, how far I want to push things going into the public, how far I want to push or define what's public and private. And does private, you know, private is, is evolving. Like, I, you know, paintings are now private and they were once very public, but now, you know, I don't have the master plan. I just kind of roll with it and see how it feels and take it from there. So, so my, my brain is wanting to extrapolate a way to make this conversation and this challenge relevant to people that aren't artists. Um, well, I think what, yeah, I think, what, I, what would you like? It's on the tip of my tongue. What is the life lesson or the wisdom that this challenge is bringing you through? What, what can you start to see and connect the dots? What is the seed of wisdom that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the art itself? Right. It's the, the seed of wisdom is that, 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 you, can, that you can share with uh, you know, the, the audience where they walk away with something. Yeah, the seed of wisdom is that... We, we as individuals are stronger than we think, and we don't need to be as um, reserved or as concerned. Um, friends, family, the public are smarter and more aware than we may give them credit for, and we need to acknowledge that and just take a breath and revel in artists' self-discoveries and be open and, and share them. Because the rest of the world is ready for that. We just need to let it happen. I agree. And finally letting it happen. It's, it's, it's coming through right now. You know, as I said earlier, we all have this innate need to be seen. And so the, the theme that feels like it's emerging to me, what you're talking about and what everybody is up against is if we are going to be seen, we must put ourselves out there. Yeah, we must. And if we do don't put our ourselves way. out there, we yeah. won't be seen. And so your, your way of putting yourself out there is your art. And it's about some of the self-photography. And so, yes. So if you're out there in podcast land listening, that this is metaphorically, you can take everything that Paul has shared and look at how you can put yourself out there. I mean, he set this beautiful example about how you can put yourself out there so you can be seen, you can be heard and you can be valued. And do you it like your way, that, Paul. Yeah, and do it your way because we're all unique in our in the way we approach what we do and who we are, and there's something really uh, amazing about that. And uh, and just have be secure in that inner strength and be secure in in your journey because people do want to hear it. People do. 
respect it and they will, it gives them an example to try other things and tell their story. It's really interesting. A few years ago, I had a big um, retrospective in, in near Chicago of drawings and um, there was a gallery director there who we started talking and I was really hoping that you know, he might want to acquire some of the work for other things. And this was a big turning point moment also. And cause he was talking about the work and he was telling me, it's like, yeah, it's really beautiful, but um, it's really not about the work. It's about your story. And you know, you're a you know, privileged old white man and your story just isn't that interesting. Um, and immediately was like, first that was a huge just blow it's like well you know fuck you that would have been my exact response right there <laughs> you, know? you know sorry i'm you know you know i don't have the, the story you want to hear it's like yeah it's not about the work nobody cares about the work it's about your story and it's like yeah i can't quite buy into that either well, we, and even if that was true he's telling you you don't have a story because you're older and white and privileged yeah, basically. It's I mean, like, this sounds you don't like know me, man. You don't know me. So I mean, we've all heard Oprah Winfrey's story about how you know teachers told her she'd never amount to anything. Exactly. You so, know, we can't we can't let people knock us down like that. You know, if you've got a gift, there's a reason you've been given that gift. Whatever that gift is, the gift can look a million different ways. And most of us have multiple gifts, but you got that gift for a reason. And it isn't to hide it in a closet somewhere. Yeah. It's exactly. to share it with the world. And the world I think, needs our gifts. Yeah. And I think at that moment, that was also a bit of a turning point to look more inward rather than outward. You know, not everything is about an exhibition. Not everything is about um, you. I get to choose what I put out into the public. And I think that, subconsciously started this trajectory even before COVID, you know, that you, you, you don't know my story. Well, let me tell you my story. It's more than just pretty paintings. There's well, something else. It does sound like even though his words were a blow, they had an impact. It turned out to be something that ended up good. Yeah, like it, yeah. it caused you to go more inward and and look for that deeper meaning for your your art. I mean, he could have delivered it better, but <laughs> thoroughly. Still, it sounds like it still had um a beneficial and positive impact once you were over the the initial blow of. I, I mean, I just don't understand people that say things like that. I just don't get how any human being could say something like that to another human being. I, I, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. It was a weird, it was a weird moment, but you know, sometimes we need that weird moment to shake things up also. Mm-hmm. And uh, I agree. You and then you gather yourself and you move forward. And there's always, you know, in retrospect, there's always these little moments, these moments that, you know, it's a guide that gets you to where you, you are now. And that was one little blip in time that changed my trajectory and made me think about things. And, you know, in the big picture, that was just one blip and, you you move forward. And yeah. I think that's probably why I suddenly, you know, make a timeline to, to remind myself of the story. And it's like, yeah, no, we all have stories and they're all worth paying attention to. So I agree. I agree. I would never invalidate another human being's story. So I'm not saying I'm, I got to proclaim it's the most interesting story I've ever heard necessarily, but I certainly wouldn't invalidate another human being's story. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. And the story continues, you know, as as all of us, you know, our stories continue and 
Um, especially now, you know, uh, being a, a bit older, it's like the, the story is more important. You know, where choices I'm making now are more important. And I think that all goes back to, you know, finding authenticity, finding, letting the world into your truth, into your thoughts, into your work, into who you are, and, you know, celebrating it. Absolutely. So just so the listeners know, there will be a link in the show notes to Paul's website if you'd like to check a little bit of his art out. Um, yeah, this has been great, Paul. I've, I've really enjoyed your perspective. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think there were some definite seeds of wisdom in there for me and for the listeners. So let's, um, you have anything else you'd like to add before we move into our uh, rapid fire questions? Ah, no, you know, just uh, you know, work in progress. You know, that's what life basically is. You know, you you learn and you grow. You reflect yeah. and you move forward. It's a journey, not a destination. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Rapid fire question number one: When was the last time you cried in front of another human being? Wow. Actually. Probably there had to be either probably a Christmas <laughs> when I'm with my whole family. There's always a moment where we, you know, it's emotionally overwhelming. It's, Christmas is usually the only time I see my entire immediate family. So it's usually emotions run high. Yep. I can see that. That sounds lovely, actually. My family's scattered all over and we don't see each other very often anymore, especially for holidays. So that sounds lovely. Okay, if you only had moments to live, what would be your greatest regret? If you found out you were wow. going to die 10 minutes from now, what would be your greatest regret? Um, I only have one regret, and that was I had the opportunity to move to New York, like 2005, and I wish I'd did but didn't other than that i have no regrets cool and final question paul what is your superpower my superpower usually i would say invisibility because as much as i like being seen i also like not being seen <laughs> so <laughs> selective invisibility is my superpower got it yeah i think that i think we certainly naturally get some of that as gay men you know we just had to hide so much when we were younger that we all we all have the ability to make ourselves pretty invisible yeah it's true it's, yeah it's it was true. it was just a necessary thing so well this has been awesome thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast it's been a pleasure well thank you so much this was it was nice to have a forum to talk thank you so much Absolutely. And there's one thing I want to leave you with, and that is you are an authentic gay man, Paul. Well, that too is a work in progress, but I'm getting, I'm getting there. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm feeling good about it. Yeah. It's a work in progress for all of us. I would agree. I'm in that same, same boat. So, well, thank you so much. Thank you. 